0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats, dogs, and anybody else who may be tuning in today, hello, welcome, and welcome back again to the Triple F Podcast. Yes, you guessed it, of course, I'm feeling fine, fresh, and fucking fantastic. Thank you very much for asking, as always. You are so caring and loving. It's always good to have a good audience. I don't know what I was about to say, now. I was about to say auditorium. Um, <laughs> we're not quite there yet. So, I hope you all tuned into the episode. My loved one is in prep, so this is actually a two-part special. That was part one, which was obviously aimed more at from the loved ones to listen to the parents, the brothers and sisters, the partners. Uh, just give them a little bit of an insight into what you guys are going through. Now, part two is more the other side of the fence. So this once again is is aimed more at the competitor, what you might experience through prep um, and also how you can help get through it, make things a little bit easier. Um, prep is not always the easiest thing. It's a very, very difficult task as it is. So to combine that with external stresses and sometimes internal stresses as well, um, might often feel alone or isolated. And this podcast is actually um, inspired by a conversation I had with somebody on Instagram the other day. And they, they reached out and asked for some advice because they found that um, their support network or so-called support network wasn't quite what she had hoped. Um, and she felt very isolated, she felt very alone. Um, and the sad reality it is is that more often or not, the people that we would hope or expect to see the most support or the most love from, quite often don't understand what it is that we do, quite often don't like what we do. Um, And it's sad to say it is more common than not. Um, It is something that I've experienced through my journey Um, not even just as prep, but in my journey to coaching, um, but also with my journey to prep. And it's something that I've witnessed many, many, many competitors, athletes, clients um, go through as well. So this episode is more from the competitors. So you're in prep and how to deal and how to cope with potential lack of support especially from the places that you wanted it or hoped it would come from. So I'm sure we can all sit and agree and nod our heads to the sound of my droning voice that somewhere along the lines, we've had someone turn around and say, yeah, but I don't understand why you do it. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. And from an outsider's point of view, if we think about it and we take the emotion away from it and we don't act on impulse and act defensively, It is a bit of a weird concept what we do. We starve ourselves, we pound ourselves into the ground with the gym. We repeatedly do the same thing over and over again, day in, day out, to one day step up on stage and pose in quote-unquote underwear and have our physiques analysed. And obviously, yes, there's a lot more to it than that. But from the outsider's point of view, that's what they see. They don't see the emotion. They don't see the, the, the reasons why. They don't see the reason why you started, the reason why you want it, how important it is to you, and and also how much it's changing you for the better in regards to confidence building, in regards to resilience, in regards to being able to battle and process potentially a lot of internal demons. And you know, I, I know I'm kind of umbrella statement in this, but I know a lot of competitors or a lot of people that train have originally started from an internal trauma or an external trauma that they have struggled to process or struggle to live with or struggle to deal with. They've found that external kind of expenditure or, or area of focus that they can channel that energy or frustration or emotion into and turn it into something positive. And I think for many people that I've kind of had the pleasure of coming across or meeting in this journey have all very much been the same. They've um, found that the gym has been that outlet, which has then turned into the passion for self-progression, which has then turned into the passion of, well, bodybuilding is all about this, showing how far I can come, showing how much I can change, showing how much I can adapt and grow and, and, and be a different version of myself. So we know the internals. We know the the reasons why more often than not, the people that are around us to support us don't really understand that. And yes, of course, some won't understand but still to support. But sadly, there are a lot of people out there that don't understand it and are not willing to support. Um, That can be quite hard for an athlete. It can be quite hard for a competitor. So it's more of a podcast to say that this, not that it's acceptable or should be seen any less of a severity, but... There are a lot of people that I know have never had family members come to their show, have never had family members understand what they are going through or feeling, or appreciate the the level of intensity, time, stress, um, effort that bodybuilding takes and competing takes. It's not a sport that can be half-assed. It's not a sport that can be um, done in your downtime or in a spare thirty minutes when you know you feel like doing it. It's something that more often than not, can pretty much take up a lot of life. Um, and again, I'm pretty sure we can all nod and agree in the fact that somewhere along the lines, we've all been told that we're selfish, or that bodybuilding is taken over, or that we, we don't have time for anything else. And, you know, it's, it's becoming too much and it's an obsession. And they're right. <laughs> it does take up a lot of time. You have to be obsessed about this sport to be good at it. It is going to take up evenings, mornings, you are going to turn up to events with boxes of food because that's what we do. (laughs) That's us. That's bodybuilding. That is, I'm more than happy to be defined as that guy because your physique, your, your whole aura is a statement. And if your statement is the physique of a bodybuilder I think that instantly demands a level of respect. It instantly demands a level of acknowledgement because it shows you're disciplined. It shows you're passionate. It shows that you're willing to do the things that most people aren't, to have the things that most people don't. So to me, I'm more than happy to be that guy. And I think for most people, they should be more than happy to be that guy slash girl because you work fucking hard for your physique. You... You go through the 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 highs and the lows of prep. You go through the highs and the lows of an off season. We do this for us. No one else. So, who's someone else to turn around and say, "Oh, you know, you shouldn't be doing this, or you should do this, or you should spend time more doing this"? Like, no one could define that. Like, it's it's something that I've never really understood. You know, it's like I said in the um, the loved ones episode is that you know if your loved one turned around and said to you i want to be a billionaire i'm going to do everything i possibly can to make as much money as physically possible i'm going to pour my heart and soul into growing a business and becoming a millionaire i can guarantee you you will get all the support in the world but as soon as somebody wants to bodybuild or or self-develop or increase what it is within themselves You can get called selfish, you can get called obsessed, you can get called vain, you can get called all sorts, all sorts of fucking names. Um, Surely it makes more sense to put all that effort, time and energy into self-development, self-progression, rather than becoming a millionaire, to me anyway. Like, and more often than not, when someone becomes successful and masters self-development and masters self-progression and and really takes that to the next level, money often follows. (laughs) I, I, I became a bodybuilder before I became a coach. My bodybuilding taught me the life skills and the lessons and the tools I needed to grow a business from nothing. It taught me resilience, it taught me patience, it taught me work ethic, it taught me Fucking ruthlessness. <laughs> it taught me not to be a fucking bitch when stuff gets hard. Like, bodybuilding taught me that. I, I wasn't taught that by anybody else. Um, okay, mate, yeah, fair. Credit to my mum. My mum's a fucking savage. My mum taught me quite a lot in regards to growing up like that. So, other than that, bodybuilding. Bodybuilding, I laugh. Bodybuilding was my dad. <laughs> bodybuilding fucking raised me. Bodybuilding slapped me when I didn't listen. Um, it punished me when I wasn't working hard enough. Like, that's, that was <laughs> my father figure, basically. So when people don't understand it or people put it down or don't support it, it's... Now, I've always said there's so many worse things that can be done out there. It's, I don't understand why it's not supported or why it's not given more praise or given more encouragement. And I think, don't get me wrong, I don't want to completely shadow negativity over this. I think it's becoming a far more understood or potentially learning to understand um, sport than it once was. It's not the underground kind of, oh, you're uh, a massive juice head, you take loads of steroids and you're just that one kind of quiet, huge guy in the gym that's a bodybuilder. Everybody else just wasn't. Now it is becoming um, a lot more... I don't want to say socially acceptable, because it's it's quite a weird way of putting it, but it almost is. Like, it's a lot more common. Um, And I think potentially just from a generational point of view, parents are learning to understand it a little bit more. Um, I know mine never understood it. Um, Sadly, mine never got the chance to see it. Um, Not out of choice, but I believe my mum would have watched. Uh, But she still never understood it. She said she never understood it. She didn't like the look of it, but if it was something that I wanted to do, then I can do it, but she just never really understood it. Um, the rest of my family, no one's ever been to a show. No one's ever seen a show. No one cares what I do, um, but we're all different people. I was the black sheep of the family, so they never even in, it, it tried to understand it. So I completely understand, but for me, bodybuilding wasn't about other people. I didn't give a shit whether my family were there or not. I didn't care whether they supported it or not. For me, it was just... Developing myself and growing myself. However, I know from working with a number of clients that It's not always as easy to switch off. It's not always as easy to Detach yourself from the Okay, this is for me because you'd want your loved one to be there. You want your family to be there You want your mummy, dad, your brother, your sister, your girlfriend, your partner Sometimes They won't And I can't answer for them. I don't know why they wouldn't. Um, Because for me, the same as my team, my clients, I I said I would never, ever miss a client show for that reason. Because sometimes a client will turn up to a show alone. All three of mine were pretty much on my own other than other teammates and people that I'd met through bodybuilding that were there watching. Um, I never expected anybody to be there, but it's, it can be a bit of an anti-climax. Not an anti-climax, that's not a really nice way of putting it. It can be quite a sad, lonely place. I know um, after my first two shows, when I competed, I had this kind of insane high, and insane kind of self-accomplishment and almost like pride in my- I'm never really proud of myself, I'm never really like myself that credit but after I got on stage I was I was I was proud but almost a little sad because there wasn't anyone that I could really like talk to about it there wasn't anyone who I could really kind of share it with afterwards there was like other teammates that I was competing with um and uh, there was one of my shows that a client came to as well which again was nice but you know it's 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 not quite the same when like a family or a friend member is not there, especially when you've been told as well. And I know this has happened in the past, the clients where friends or family have promised to be there and they just haven't. And it's again, you know, from an athlete's point of view, you put your brave face on. You're like, no, it's cool. You know, I'm just I'm here for myself, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. But of course, it's going to upset you. Of course, it's going to weigh heavy on your head. And, and, and you're going to think, you know, have I done something wrong or why is my family not supporting me? And more often than not, the family will turn around and say, you know, you're being selfish. You're not the same. Like, we want our old um, brother, sister, partner, whoever, back. Um, They're just not taking the time to learn what it is that you're doing. And, you know, it's not not something that you really want to hold against them. Unless they are being nasty about it, then fuck them. Um, (laughs) But it's... It's more a lack of understanding and I'm hoping that these two episodes back to back will help people understand a little bit more because, you know, where I'm very much bodybuilder, 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 like this is my my everything, live, breathe, eat, sleep. From a coach's point of view, um, it's very hard to watch an athlete go through their prep, go through their competitive phase, go through post-show and you are the person that is their biggest fan. And don't don't get me wrong, I'm always going to be my client's biggest fan. Like That's that's what I'm fucking here for. I love what my team do, but I don't want to be their biggest fan. I want their mum or their dad or their brother, their sister. I want their loved one to be their biggest fan because that's going to mean more to them than it is if I am. Of course, they want their coach to be everything, but it shouldn't be that way, you know? there should be other people that take that priority or take that spot. Um, and it's it's something that I've kind of seen through, especially this last season, um, that it's not always there. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. And again, I don't want to umbrella statement this. I have seen some magical moments with family members, with loved ones, with surprises of, um, you know, grandparents surprising um, like a, a guest poser routine or you know a client's loved one or a client's boyfriend like uh, literally screaming out in tears and it's 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 heartwarming it really is to see that because as a coach you've been on that journey with that client you've seen the ups and downs you've seen how hard they've worked you've you've seen everything so to see that love and support from someone who they've grown up with or someone that's been in their life for a very long time that's what it's all about so when it is the other side of the fence I think potentially again this is why there's so much love and community in bodybuilding and I think it's one one of the you know I'm not going to say the only sport but one of the very few sports where you end up often becoming best friends with the person potentially standing next to you on the stage or you become lifelong friends with people that you competed with in your first ever season because who gets it more than a bodybuilder (laughs) like we understand we 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 have been there we've seen it we've lived it we've breathed it we've all done the same stupid shit (laughs) when your your legs are so heavy that you're like you can't even pick your feet up off the floor when your ass hurts so much because you're so lean that you can't even sit down properly like these are all the things that As bodybuilders, we can laugh and joke about because we understand it, but potentially loved ones might not. Potentially, um, mum, dad, boyfriend, sister, whatever, um, could potentially be a little bit concerned when they hear stuff like that because it it sounds quite alarming. (laughs) It sounds quite worrying to people from the outside, but I'm hoping, again, like I said, these two podcasts paired together, listen to -to back-to-back, can hopefully change a few minds, change a few mindsets, open a few eyes, and and at least break down a few barriers, because I feel that some people are just not even willing to understand what it is that bodybuilding is, or what it is that an athlete goes through. Um, you know, a parent will see a child starving themselves and instantly think anorexia, or, you know, parents will potentially see a male compare posing in the mirror and think, oh my God, they've become self-obsessed and vain. Or, you know, there, there's so many misunderstood aspects to bodybuilding. There's so many misunderstood aspects to the whole dietary process and self-development process. And again, I get it. I, I know it's extreme. It's an extreme sport. You know, it's not for the vain hide. It's not safe, quote unquote. It's not healthy. We do it in a safe way and we do it to the best health that we possibly can. And I can handle my heart assure that because I know that's something that is the main focus with all of my team. If, if health becomes compromised or if health becomes of immediate concern, prep ends instantly because it's not worth it. Nothing is worth that. Like The stage isn't going anywhere. Competing isn't going anywhere. It's always going to be there. So you never take those kind of risks. And I think, again, um, from a parent point of view and a competitive point of view, they have to remember that you're in safe hands. They have to remember that you're choosing to be here, that you're in control of this. You're not starving yourself. You're not anorexic. You're not ill. Um, but they say it from a place of care, a place of love. Um, so it's, again, it's not targeted unless they are intentionally targeting. because I know a lot of that happens as well. But if you are faced with a family member, a friend, or someone in your social circle who is damaging to confidence, or who is damaging to your thought process, or who doesn't understand, fuck them off. (laughs) Like, literally, get rid of them. No one needs that negative energy. No one needs that lack of understanding. It might seem heavy. It might seem harsh. But if somebody doesn't understand you as a person, like and somebody doesn't support your goals, that's not the type of person that you'd really want around you. Like there are plenty of people in this industry. There are plenty of people that you are potentially going to step up on stage with that will have your back to the end of the days. I grew up in a very, very big family who feel like strangers. Um, who I, I don't feel close to, who I don't feel like I know. And I've got people in my life that have probably recently come into my life no more than a year, that I feel have been there from day one, that I know if I go to and ask for help or ask for support, I know, and i put my life on the fact, they will drop everything and be there for me. And likewise, it works both ways. The, these people I will do exactly the same for. And I have met all these people through bodybuilding. I've met all these people through coaching. So it's it's harsh, but sometimes when it comes to bodybuilding, your family isn't the one that's at home. The, the family that you have within bodybuilding is more often than not the ones you meet on social media, the ones you meet at shows, the ones you meet on stage. Um, i would give anything and everything for the people that are in my circle who i've met through bodybuilding um sadly i can't say the same for the people who are family because they haven't been there to support me they haven't been there to understand anything and that's something that's not been overnight that's something that's developed over eight or nine years so you know it's it's something that i've kind of had to face i know how that feels and i know for someone that's Potentially competing in their first year, it can feel quite scary, it can feel quite daunting. I know a lot of people that have quit bodybuilding because they haven't had the support that they needed. Um, and like I said, this this podcast was inspired by somebody who reached out very, very early in her bodybuilding journey. Um, I don't coach her, she, she's coached by somebody else, but she just asked um, a question in regards to, is it normal? that, you know, she doesn't feel supported, she feels very conflicted, she feels very confused. Um, And this is someone who's never been on stage before. You know, this is something that could potentially affect her journey. It could potentially prevent her from getting on stage. Um, And I understand, again, both sides of the fence. I understand from an outsider's point of view, it's, it's, it's crazy what we do. It potentially looks dangerous what we do. But from an inside point of view, we're doing it for us. We don't do it for other people. We don't do it for attention. We don't do it for social media. I mean, there are some people that do, but they they are not going to have a long lifespan in this sport. Um, Unless you do this sport for you and you alone and your self-development and your self-progression and becoming the best version of yourself, then bodybuilding is not for you. Um, the people that love the bodybuilding, people that do bodybuilding to be the best person they can be, you are never doing it in a negative way. You are only doing something that's ever going to be positivity, positivity for you. Um, you just have to remember to not let it take over your life because there's other avenues to life as well. It's something that I remind my clients daily that, you know, you do still have family. You do still have boyfriends, girlfriends, work, other commitments that do still need to take priority as well. So it is finding that right balance. Um, until bodybuilding pays the bills, sadly, it can't be a be all and end all. Um, but even that, like, it doesn't mean that you still can't pursue it to the very best. Um, there, there, there's so many avenues that this podcast could have gone down. It was just, I, I want people to understand that bodybuilding doesn't have to be an isolating sport. It doesn't have to be a misunderstood sport. It doesn't have to be branded as selfish playing sport. Because it's really not. It really isn't that. It's actually one of the most giving, rewarding, um, self-development, self-progressing sports that there probably is. Um, And often, more often than not, it can create a lot of conflict when it creates arguments in relationships. So it creates arguments in the family household. Um, You should be supporting your athletes. You should be supporting your loved ones. And yes, of course, they are going to be quiet. They are going to be hungry. They are going to be tired. They're probably not going to be all over you sexually because they're so fucking like fatigued. They can't even lift their hand, let alone their dick. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, but it's it's not going to happen. This is someone that's been with you, hopefully, for a long period of time. Um, You know the six nine months of prep that they're doing. You'd like to think that somebody can put away their own emotional needs and their emo- own kind of emotional <sighs> like wants and desires just for a short period of time while their loved one does what it is that they set their heart out to do. When their prep's done and they come out and they've rested and they've eaten and their hormones return back to normal and they're they're of their normal self, things will go back to normal. It's not forever. This isn't life as you know it for the rest of your life. They're not going to be in prep and dieting for years and years and years. And that's not something I would ever fucking recommend anyone to do. Um, it's not forever. And this is something that everybody has to remember. Even, even an athlete, prep is not forever. Like you can only stay in prep for, for, for a amount of time. It has a lifespan. And then you have to come out. You have to look after health. You have to look after relationships. have to look after yourself and recover. Otherwise... Again, you're going to have a very short lifespan or career in bodybuilding because you're going to burn out, you're not going to progress, you're going to get frustrated. Progression is not made in prep. It's, it's, it's made in the years in between of growing, of of a, a, a improvement phase or a massing phase, a off-season, whatever you want to call it. Um, you need to take the time to give back into them other things as well. So this is, again, something that I encourage all athletes to do after the prep is just give back to their loved ones. Give back to... The, poti- the potential people that have been a little bit neglected or potentially a little bit forgotten in prep, um, which is, is very normal. It's very normal, like I say, to lose a sex drive. It's very normal to go cold, go dark, and um, very distant with people. And it's, it's not that anything's wrong. It's not that anything has changed. It's you're very focused on your own goal. Your hormones and energy levels are in the gutter, and your body's just being very reserved with where it puts its energy and what it puts energy into which is an instinct of the body it is something you can't control so hopefully guys that gives you a little bit more of an insight part one and part two um as always thank you very much for listening much love stay blessed and i will catch you all soon